And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. When peace comes, remember, it will be for us, the children of today, to make the world of tomorrow a better and happier place. We are beginning to be able, cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. We have to start thinking about tomorrow. I've heard that. So I've watched it. back today in order to preserve something or other is uh, a character on that show, and she was in John Wick as the adjudicator, and the whole world thought her performance or their performance was amazing, and uh, and I didn't get it at all. I just came away thinking. This is another flat character in a flat character's movie. So, but it's still, you know, really cool action and a lot of really interesting sort of absurd violence that you come away thinking isn't real. <laughs> but we're here not to talk about John Wick. We're here to talk about uh, the Avengers and the game. Real movies. Real movies. <laughs> So I think so. Did you guys both go see it on the first weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know it opened on Thursday, but I went to see it that Friday. Okay, so I went to see it the following Tuesday. Okay, yeah. See, I wanted to go Saved the some f- money. Good yeah, for you. Right. well, that's our that's our traditional date night for my wife and I. So, so did you take the wife? Oh, absolutely. Did she like it? Yes, she did. Okay. And uh, so I didn't, I, it took me nearly a week just to get tickets. Like I, there was, you know, I was taking a person with me every time and there was hardly ever two reasonable seats. Like the front row, it seemed to be always available, but I'm not doing that. And uh, so there were hardly ever two seats together. It was, it was shocking that way. Do you know, buy tickets in advance? Uh, Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Yes. And they're just... After, you know, there just weren't any tickets that first weekend. Or really that first week. Right. Yeah, Anessa bought our tickets like three weeks before. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Eric, did you like it? I did. I liked it a lot. I think I was, I don't know. I mean, I liked it a lot, but I, I, I still feel like I was let down in a way. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I wanted more. Hmm. I, don't, I don't. I don't know what I thought I was. What more did you what, want? I don't know. That's why it's confusing to me. I don't even like to bring it up because, I mean, I really liked it, but I felt like I was missing something, or maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it didn't end in the way I wanted it to, or I, maybe just the fact that it ended, and you know, so many stories were just cut short that I didn't really have. Uh, I don't know. I, it's it, I've never been able to describe why I feel that way, but it just feels like something was missing. I don't really know what that is. Brad, Brad, did you like it? Uh, I did, and I, it, there was so much speculation with you know how how things were gonna shake out, how they were gonna you know fix the situation and. 
it was really interesting. And it wasn't until after I saw the film, I guess at this point we can spoil some things. Spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. All right. So the time travel portion tripped me up at certain points. And it wasn't until after Anessa and I, there were bits of it that I'm like, okay, so they're just saying, we don't want to answer questions. So this is, these are our rules. And it wasn't until uh, I watched a video from the Nerdist. It's uh, the Because Science. They had a guy who who talked to a a guy who specializes in in the quantum and how the theory of how time travel would work if you were to shrink down to the quantum size or how quantum particles would maneuver through time and and it made sense well i mean it's not like i all of a sudden understood quantum mechanics or anything but I, the dumbed down explanation of <laughs> It, it it made it made sense as to how they were how how they were making it work and it, it's a legitimate science thing, so um, it was kind of cool to know that <clears throat> they weren't just using comic book trickery. There was actual theoretical science that was really a part of it. And so I I came away thinking it was just. Uh, just so much there was you know i imagine i would have i would probably have needed to to, or i would need to go see it twice more before i you know sort of felt like okay i've got that because you know there there was just so much it was so dense and then and then so incredibly emotional that you just sort of went okay, I don't really know what to do. I just, you know, like when I like, I thought, I thought the emotional climax was going to be Scarlett Johansson. And then all of a sudden I thought, okay, the emotional climax is the old Captain America guy, you know, and it's just like, no, it's Tony's funeral, you know? So yeah, it was, you know, I, I thought it was awesome. I, you know, I really, you know, some of the things I really liked about it, I really like the kid who plays Spider-Man. I really like that. You know, Spider-Man is a compelling, fun, light character. And he's so much better at it than Tobey Maguire. It's terrifying. (laughs) He was the Spider-Man we needed at the time. But, uh, yeah, now not so much. I don't think we needed him (laughs) at the time, but that's okay. You know, I think think we could have waited for this kid. We didn't have one. That's true. I think for me, I think that was part of what was what was bothersome about this. I mean, I know it was an Avengers movie, and it was wrapping up this original saga of these what six Avengers or whatever they were. But we've we've become so invested in all of the other MCU characters that for them to show up in the last twenty minutes or whatever it was, and that was essentially it. Was I don't know. It was kind of a letdown. I wanted to see more of them throughout the entire thing. I, you know, I kind of wonder if it was already a three hour film. Right. And I kind of wonder if some of that was ditched because of time. Cause I don't think that, I don't think you'll ha- ever have a situation like 
Kill Bill again. You're not going to take a film and chop it up into two parts. No. Um, I mean, well, they did it for Harry Potter, but that was Harry Potter was such a huge phenomenon that they, they knew that they could do that and not worry about the financial aspect of it. And they talked about doing it with these two, but they didn't really feel like, I mean, the storyline was connected, but they didn't feel like a one and two, like Kill Bill did. That's a great example. Yeah. You know, they were, they were connected in storyline from start to finish, but it didn't feel like two movies mm-hmm. or like one movie. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Plus, plus I've always wanted to see professor Hulk on screen. And I just think that his <laughs> storyline just being cut short, like that was, I don't know. I wanted, I, I, what's going to happen with him now, right? These movies are over. Are we going to, are we going to do something with him? Because he was a pretty popular character in this movie. Yeah, that's that's a good question. And the rights for the Hulk are weird in that True. Universal owns the distribution rights for a Hulk film. So in other words, Marvel Studios could, or Disney, could put out a Hulk film, but Universal ultimately would have to distribute it and get part of that money and nobody wants to part with that money so they get the kind of the sideways usage of him in that as long as a film doesn't star him he can be used and universal doesn't have to be a part of anything which is why we got the story that we did in thor ragnarok and and a lot of the hulk in it right so so it'll be interesting to see where they take him yeah, if they're going to bring him into new movies. I mean, I know they're talking about Thor, four and a new Guardians movie. It'll be interesting to see if they incorporate this Professor Hulk version into some of those storylines as well. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly don't think that they could back away from that now, especially you know once they kind of went through the story of his integration and you know how that just. They, everybody made peace with everybody there, Banner and the Hulk, yep. and they could coexist, and that's just how it is now. So, I, I yeah, boy, that would be the worst thing in the world for them to back away from that. So, then, what do you guys think were the most significant things in in the film? I know that's kind of a broad thing, but, I, you know, what did you, you know, when you were sitting there, you, you just went, oh, that was a big deal. <sighs> okay you side like that brad you gotta get <laughs> that, that, that yeah you know there's it, it's interesting and it was mentioned uh in an article that i read but <clears throat> you know that the rat kind of saved the universe as it were <laughs> in that particular <laughs> reality of earth um and it's interesting to know that all of these, you know, the big thing is five years have passed, you know, and when Ant-Man comes on the scene and he, you know, has no idea how long, I mean, like you said, for him, five hours had passed, but five years had passed for us. And, you know, he finds his daughter and his daughter is, you know, well into her teens and he's missed out. Um, as a, as a parent, <laughs> that was kind of a, that was kind of a punch in the gut to a certain degree. I could not imagine you like not 
you know, missing five years with my, my own child and, and never being able to get that back. That would, that was, that was tough for me at least. Um, Oh God, there were so many moments in that. Film right. That See, and that's, cool. that's kind you of know? the point. It's like, I get, okay. So then, uh, if it's not just sort of the broad significance. So in the, in the space of the, because what I, as, as a writer fella, what I found that was the most amazing as far as the craft goes, the fact that they tied all of the movies together over the decades that they made them to mm-hmm. the point where, and I don't know that everybody caught this. There was a running in sand joke and I'm like, well, that's the Natalie Portman bit. And it was like, then I found an article that sort of confirmed that there was the Natalie Portman joke because she couldn't make it. She was, you know, in the two scenes where she was sleeping or something. So, mm-hmm. but then, so as far as the whole, you know, the cons- what are the significant throwbacks? Like when you went, oh, that's, that's from that movie. You know, what were, was there anything where you just it felt like such a callback you didn't expect to see? <sighs> the scene fighting oh, go ahead. Captain America fighting himself was big. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that was uh, there was a lot of throwback in that scene alone to multiple movies. To Winter Soldier, to the original Captain America to Avengers to a degree. I mean, it was just, that was a great little, little scene. Yeah. Well, and, and just before that with him being on the elevator and, and that, that was one of the big scenes from, excuse me, from civil war was that whole, that whole fight in that elevator. And when he got in the elevator and everybody was there that had been there in civil war i'm like oh man and then the guy touches his gun I, oh my god i was just waiting for them i'm like to oh it's on it's Hell gonna yes. happen and because that was one of the best scenes in all of the movies is that elevator fight <laughs> yes so. but you know that the cool thing that that illustrated was that captain america had grown as a person and as a hero you know, like when he's fighting himself and he's like, I can do this all day. And he says, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, he, he was that person, but now he's had these experiences and he's a smarter, better person. I think, uh, not just as a soldier, but as, as a human being that in that moment, it was really kind of brought to the fore i think that you know time has passed and he has he has grown and that i think that there were a couple of times just watching tony's arc alone when he gets to the end and he he looks at pepper and says hey i've figured out a solution here um can i do this or i could pitch it in the in the in the link mm-hmm. Do, doesn't matter you tell yep. me because you know the the tony from 2008 from the first film uh you know damn the torpedoes full speed ahead but he had, you know, now he had a child. Now he had a wife, and it wasn't it was no longer about him like it had been before. I mean, so but even so, earlier when he was rescued from space, and he was sitting in the wheelchair, and he's got the you know drip coming down, and and uh, he's just too weak to even stand. I mean, that was a big throwback to the last movie, and how he was so upset with everybody, and and uh, you could just tell that it was more more him 
being feeling defeated, I think. Sure. Or he knew that everybody was was right in their decision to not sign the accords. And he was just pissed off. Yeah. Just rescued from, from near death in space and he's just <laughs> mad at everybody. Right, yeah. At the end of the day he was wrong. Yeah, and so I just wanted to bring up really quick how skinny Robert Downey looked in that scene. Right. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. And you and you almost want to you know, inquire did they shoot that at the very end and he was losing the weight during the filming? Because well, that was all CGI. Really? Oh yeah. Oh. It was the same thing they did with Captain America and the first Captain America and how they, yeah. you know, like they did it to him at the end of the movie and made him old. I mean, that was just all CGI. Well, shit. Sorry. I thought he went all Robert De Niro on it. Yeah. Well, I, with, Christian with, Bale. He did a little Christian Bale act right, right there. And, uh, <laughs> the uh, Machinist. Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> no, that movie. Uh, uh, actually, with Chris Evans, it was a little bit of makeup and a little bit of CGI. It was a, it was a mixture of the two uh, to really cap that look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and the other part to, to your question, yeah. do you know the other part that was huge was when he finally said Avengers Assemble? I nearly lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. So for me, the. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to. <laughs> like, uh, no idea that's that right. They did say that. that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that's a big deal, Eric, but all right. He told everybody to, to <laughs> assemble. Think that's what they do. They that, assemble. But that's like that's, that's, that's a classic. Twenty two movies. Yeah, I, and he said assemble, you know, before. But yeah. this was the first time he gave the comic book traditional call to battle for the Avengers. Yeah. And yeah, it just it did it gave me chills too. Really? Okay. Don't you all remember right. in the first Avengers when they were all in Shield HQ in Upper New York, and he got everybody in the in the area in the place he came out he and scarlet came out and he was like avengers and they cut the movie oh remember that's that? right that, that was a big we'll wow do it this you we'll know we'll do it someday that's the thing there's <laughs> just so not to make a funny inside joke for me but there's just so many levels mm-hmm. to all of it and the amount of levels they built over 20 years is absurd yeah like i mean i honestly i've never seen any of the ant-man and wasp or ant-man movies i don't think you know like i know i get it and i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna do it again and and i'll watch (laughs) them because they're both they're all streaming now but at the time i was like paul rudd this looks like the first thor movie like i you You know know what you know what do you know what brad and i said the exact same thing and we said Okay, fine. We'll give it a chance. And it turns out that there's some of the funniest movies of all of them. Okay. Right. We all I, I think everybody questioned Paul Rudd. Yeah. I, I yeah, I yeah, maybe a little. It just I mean to me it, Paul Rudd comes along comes across as kind of a, a schlub. Right. And <laughs> to a certain I mean, you know, the the characters he plays, they're they're lost typically they're looking for something and they're lazy or they're just kind of schlubs and Scott is kind of a schlub and a loser. 
So I mean, it was like when they cast when when they announced that they cast Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man. I I actually had a conversation with somebody where they're like, ah, I don't know, and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> perfect. I mean, Tony Tony had a, a serious drinking problem. He's got he's he's you know haunted by all these demons. You can't tell me. He did that drugs. Robert he did Downey drugs Jr. in later stories. I yeah. He was a womanizer. I, I mean, it there's was... there's no way that he could not channel that that type of uh, uh to find that that part uh within him it just it, i didn't see that it, 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 there's no way it couldn't be possible in in my head i just thought it was absurd that he'd like written it off i'm like really i've watched him in interviews over the years and i think this part actually changed his personality well i, I, mean, don't, I don't think remember, yeah i don't think it just i don't remember him from years ago i mean i think he became iron man in real life yeah, I think it changed his actual life. Right. You know, have you, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh, have you ever, have you seen the video of him giving a prosthetic arm to a boy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, him just standing in the room and just playing the part of Tony Stark. And this kid was just like, you know, he was, he was barely holding it together for a bit there. Um, but he was he was he was into it. He was he was doing it for the kid, and it was just it was so touching. Um, and yeah, I that he was meant to play that part, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing and the thing with Robert Downey Jr. is he's ridiculously talented. Like he's oh. you know like some of that work that he obviously Chaplin is is amazing. But then you know I I remember a movie he did called Hugo Pool. And uh, in his documentary at the Democratic Convention, all of this stuff is just mind-boggling. The level that he plays at, and then that just gets elevated by the the power of twenty years of story. You know, mm-hmm. the chance to the chance to settle into a character for twenty years. Well, holy <laughs> shit, that's like yeah. Ted, that's Ted dancing on Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. absolutely so then what did okay so then looking back at the 20 years what what is the best or no i'm sorry what is your favorite part movie from the marvel cinematic universe wow That's a tough one. Eric, uh, do you have an idea? Um, yeah, I know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I mean, Spider-Man's my favorite character, so I want to say Spider-Man. But in all of the movies, and I don't, th- that one really doesn't rank up there. But all the Captain America movies were so great. They weren't like superhero movies. They were like they've said many times, you know, they were like spy movies. The Iron Man movie, or at least the first one, was, I don't know. It's probably still the first Iron Man, I would think. I mean, if I were to whittle it down or keep keep rambling nonsensically, it would just be just the amazement of seeing all of that on screen. Even seeing Spider-Man on screen for the first time being my favorite was not as impactful as watching him 
talk to Jarvis and then go to a party and come back and suit up in an all silver suit and just his excitement of putting on that suit for the first time flying around the city or just with the boots alone and you know flying around his little garage falling yeah, the I can fly. and going yeah i can fly <laughs> i still i still crack up laughing it's just it's got to be that one you know of of the films that i will repeatedly go back to it's the first iron man the first thor the first captain america civil war um you know those uh, of the early films those are my favorites where i can just i can put it on and just you know i've watched hot fuzz probably at least 10 times if not more um and 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 the for superhero movies those those four are really the the key ones for me i think yeah i think for me it's uh i you know i think it's civil war just because it was of all of it was the only graphic novel set that i read you know in in the last 20 years or 15 years we'll say me and me and rob mentzer we shared a cot we shared the the series of graphic novels you know we it was like a weird little book club there for a minute and uh so i i really liked i liked the idea that they allowed the captain america to go that way because it would have been entirely possible to to avoid that story arc i think or at the time i thought that but now looking back that's it yeah, there was no way to avoid any of this. Like all of this was sort of cooked in. And then I really enjoyed uh, the final Thor movie just simply for the camp of it all. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it really kind of felt like a a, a road film. Yeah, like it just. Bing and, they, Bing and Bob. Yeah, he just went straight for comedy. You know, he's, yeah, okay, this is, we've got to move along these, you know, narrative points and plot points but really let's just have the jokes you know and and then that paid off hugely at the end you know with the big lebowski thor that was super cool <laughs> yeah somebody, somebody if you look told... at the number of times i've watched movies you know i mean these things will show up on tv right, right. you'll be flipping channels and you'll find them and you'll sit and watch them but the times that i've the movies that I've actually gone out of my way to push play on, whether it be a Netflix or some pirated site, is probably Black Panther and Infinity oh, War. I forgot all about Black Panther. I think I've seen Infinity War like 25 times. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's just, I mean, there's something there. You know, the fact that I've gone out of my way to watch these two movies that many times... <laughs> I feel like they must be up there. And and see the well. thing is for me the I think the the movie that'll have the most longevity or the two movies will be uh Captain Marvel and whatever they do with her because that's the I just the simple idea of her means I'm I'm going to love all of those movies. Um and then the last one just because 
it was such a tremendous payoff to to the series in 10 years from now i think you'll simply just say i watched endgame more than all the rest combined because <laughs> there's there's of, of the giant ice cream store that is this marvel universe every flavor is an endgame oh wait no that's not true who's not an endgame Who's not an endgame? Yeah. Did anybody uh, not make is that it? A trick question? No, I'm just no, it's not. I'm just trying oh. to trying to, you know. I I'm sorry. I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody was in it. Yeah, everybody was in it. Was the collector mentioned? He died in the Infinity War. So yeah. He okay. Was, yeah. All right. I just he I was wasn't killed, exactly he was killed sure. before the snap, so he wouldn't come back. Okay. All but right. the dog was in it. The dog. The astronaut. Yep, the dog. Do- yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then I forgot all about Doctor Strange, which is honestly the movie that I I like the most of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that See, that... It's, hard it's hard to pick. That's the hardest yeah. question. Yeah. What's your favorite? Because they, they were, there were so many that were so good. Then what's They're your favorite for different reasons? Yeah. You know. Then which one did you dislike the most? I would think this is an obvious answer. <laughs> yes, we know you didn't like the first Thor. Okay. I had Thor 2. I I don't even yeah, remember what that one was. Was that the no, one where, where they buy the Bifrost got broken? Or is that no, number that was, 1? That was the first one. Okay. Yep. It was it was interesting though how much Thor 2 played into Endgame. Yeah. They talked about it quite a bit. And, but, you know, mostly because that was like the exposure of the second Infinity Stone. Right. Yeah, okay. So, Brad, which which would be your least favorite? Thor 2, absolutely. Okay. Eric? I, Thor, Thor 1 had, like, heart and feeling, and it actually, I, I felt like I, I was actually in Asgard. I, you know, right. I, I thought Kenneth Branagh did a, a great great job with it but two would just seem like a cash grab yeah it was pretty boring although you know that first i know you don't like that movie dino but that part where he's dead in the first one yeah and the hammer comes down on him that's pretty exciting yeah that's true yeah that's a pretty exciting little scene right there i can't get over how big a deal the hammer is like it's a huge deal Yeah. yeah i mean that was i mean does that mean like the conspiracy about Captain America playing possum when he tried to pick it up in the last movie. Oh, we all know he was playing possum. Oh, he was. Oh, yes. He yeah, was. he was. Oh. If anybody in that crew is going to be able to pick up that hammer outside of Thor, it's going to be Captain America. Yeah. He was. And because because that's why he shouts, I knew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I mean, because the other side of the coin is that. The hammer deemed him worthy. Finally, that something happened, and no, uh, no, it was okay. He was so broken and lost, yeah. That, and that's the reason why he was kind of using Stormbreaker as just a bottle opener. You know, he didn't pick it up because he didn't feel worthy. He had he had the god weapon to to save the universe, and he failed because he didn't go for the head. And after he talks to his mom and, you know, he has that pep talk that he needed. And for him to just reach out 
and and try to connect with Mjolnir and having it come to him, that was his moment to stop running, to stop being afraid and, and get back to who he was at his core. It was an a, a absolutely important moment for, for him in that movie. Yeah, I I really do. Like, I specifically, just those two devices, I was, you know, so excited at how they were used, you know, plot-wise. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the hammer to come back. I thought it was gone for good. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice touch. Yeah. That's true. Now I'm thinking about the hammer. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree that Thor 2 was probably the worst, but are we counting the Incredible Hulk? With... Technically, it's part of the MCU. I keep forgetting that it is technically a part of the MCU. Because if we're counting that movie, then that one ranks up there as the worst. But I don't even... I, what? One of my least the, favorite. The... Ed Norton. Oh, well, yeah, but Ed then what about the Eric Bana Hulk. No, Eric Bana doesn't count. Okay. Ed Norton yeah. was the first part of the MCU Hulk. Because that's the one where the Ed Norton one is where they where you had uh Thunderbolt Ross yep. and Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey it. Jr. show up in the bar at the end. Um okay. and they're starting to lay the groundwork for I forgot uh, for all Avengers. about that, yeah. Yeah, that was but I know uh, I'm, and the, and you know the other one that Dino might hang up on me for is Captain Marvel. I wasn't thrilled by Captain Marvel for as much hype as as we all hoped. It was I, a good movie. I, I don't I, get me wrong. It just it wasn't what it wasn't as exciting as I had hoped for. I I just question what what people were expecting or looking for in the film. You know that that that's what confuses me for the people that that didn't enjoy it. What what was missing? I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't know a whole lot about her backstory. But I went into it thinking something that wasn't necessarily true. I think I thought I don't know. I want, I guess I wanted more power, and maybe I'm just pissed that she wasn't in Infinity War as much, or whatever it was in game. She wasn't in that movie as much as I thought she was going to be. Well, I mean, she's Superman. You know what I'm saying? The the right. hardest part of writing the Justice League is you've got a god on the team. Right. How do you find someone that is badass enough to keep Superman at bay and still be a threat to the rest of the team yeah. at different levels? And that that's a really hard Good balance point. to get right. And her power level, she is the Superman of, of the MCU at this point. Good point. Yeah, so that... So, so with I, that in uh, mind, why didn't she put on the gauntlet? Because she's got more movies coming? <laughs> well, I, you know, to me, at the end of the day, she's still... <sighs> yeah, you know, that is a very good question. I don't think that... Oh, God. Yeah, that's she, a very she, good question. I she, don't know. She ran with it the whole time before yeah. he put it on. Why couldn't she have just done it and and did the whole thing. Well, I think that doesn't work. That doesn't work for films, but no, you know, it would have made sense. Well, they they had to kill Tony. They just did. You know, I mean, that was obviously a foregone. You know, how do we kill him? And they so didn't they have to. Well, they could have just retired Iron Man and had somebody else take the mantle. Uh, In the comic books, Tony becomes president of the United States. 
Yeah. He's not Iron Man anymore, but he's still a leader and he's still in in the mix, right? Somebody else takes the Iron Man mantle. Yeah, so I just, they didn't have to. Yeah. I just think that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was such an icon that he would have, you know, it would have been it would have became a, a never-ending Robert Downey Jr. cameo fest. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they're already like, talking about that with the fact that the hologram was at the end. I mean, they're already talking about, hey, how can we bring Robert Downey Jr. back right. into the future films? Yeah. You know, let's not do that. Let's well, just... Even when he died in the comics in the past few years, um, he wasn't actually dead. He had tinkered enough with himself that he was just kind of in suspended animation until his body could repair <laughs> And he was a kind of a holographic mentor to, uh, I think it was Riri Williams, who was uh, the Iron Man at the time. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward because, you know, he's been, like Dino said, you've been playing this role for 20 years. Yeah. Are you going to be able to just leave it at home and go out and live your life? (laughs) There's going to be an itching, you know, a few years from now. And he's going to be, I do we, I want to get back in. Put me in. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just sort of I, I don't know what's next. Like it was I really liked how they queued up the you know, the Guardians and Captain Marvel in that scene where they were in like the what looked like the holodeck from Star Trek, you know. And uh where he made the joke about her haircut. I thought that that was cool that they sort of tied those two franchises together in that physical place. I don't know if you'll know this, Dino, but in that particular scene there was a reference to Namor, potentially. No. You know who Namor is? No. Namor is the Marvel version of Aquaman. Yep. The uh, earthquakes that she talked about underneath the ocean in Wakanda. Yeah, that's part of a storyline from Namor. So wow. there's talk about Namor coming in as the uh, villain for Captain America. So. Wow. And that's, that's interesting because I, I, I read an I article. Said Captain, sorry, Brad, I said Captain America. I meant black Panther. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I was uh, thinking about an article that I read about, about some, like the future of Marvel and somebody mentioned Namor and, Kevin Feige is like, I don't think we have the rights to that. And hmm. he's like, I think so-and-so has it. And they're like, nah, we don't have it. So I think it's, you know, lawyers need to sit down, <laughs> follow the threads, mm-hmm. and definitively figure out who actually owns it. So, do you know, you may not know this storyline either, but there's a whole thing with, um, it's called Secret Wars. Have you heard of this? No. Have you read this? No. Okay. So in Captain America, the Skrulls, the green dudes with the big ears, they invade Earth. And they're shapeshifters. So in the comics, they were all the Avengers and many other people. But So it turned out that in the Secret Wars, Captain America was actually a Skrull. What? Yeah. So there's talk that the next big event, like Where Avengers, the, yeah. is going to be Secret Wars. Oh, now I remember who the shapeshifters are. Okay, because I was like, 
I don't remember any green people walking around. She but... helped him. Yeah. She helped yeah, them, that's remember? Right. But yep. there you know, must be an evil faction or something if they're thinking about doing this. Because then they can go into space like they want to because the whole thing is going cosmic now from what, it, from what I read. Um, which means they can bring in... I, I was going to name a bunch of names, but you're not going to know who they are well, anyway. I, but other people who listen to the po- <laughs> podcast will know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you know, folks like Galactus. I mean, Adam Warlock, who is a big part of this particular uh, Infinity War saga. He was introduced at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Two. He was instrumental in the comic book version of the Infinity Gauntlet. They chose not to use him in the MCU, but they're talking about bringing him into this, so they could go. They're planning to go cosmic and having Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel driving the whole next-gen MCU. Fantastic Four, bringing in Fantastic Four again, now that they have rights to them. And they're talking about doing an Eternals movie, which... True. Yeah, they've already started casting for that, so that'll be... I don't know anything about that, so... That'll be interesting. Yeah, and I'm... I know enough about the Eternals to fill a thimble, so... Yeah be interesting if you like space movies this is the time to hop on board with marvel i think <laughs> yeah i, re- I remember reading you know something that jill handed me had galactus in it and i found i thought he looked really cool you know but obviously i didn't read close and you know it was th- probably three comic books that she gave me with that guy in it so i don't really have any context other than i i think he's you know a world killer, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. I uh, more like a world eater. I think he needed okay. to. Yep, he's the devourer of worlds. worlds. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, the devour. That's because that's a good fucking you know second name. So <laughs> I saw a headline today, Brad. I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently Doctor Strange in the books agreed to become Galactus. Really? Yeah. I know that they had changed Galactus so he actually, instead of eating worlds, could actually create them. Mm-hmm. It's, called, it's called vomiting. <laughs> yeah, I, I just that, that, well, that's no, what I my, said. yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. My imi- yeah, my immature brain was like, oh, the jokes, you know, <laughs> eating and creating, really. So, it's like Galactus, vomiter of worlds. Right. Yes, pooper of worlds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Brad, what do you think is going to happen next? Oh, wow. Uh, Now we have a new round of taking, like, in 2007, when it was announced that they were going to be doing an Iron Man film and people went, you know, who the Marvel only had what were, was considered B string heroes and, and forged an empire from it. And now that they have taken those characters and two of the big ones have essentially retired. Now it begins again. Do you know what I'm saying? They, they're going to find, 
new heroes that will probably scratch our heads and go, really? And I think that they're going to forge ahead and, 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 and try it again. What do you, do you think, think is going to happen? Do you yeah. think they'll be successful? <sighs> That's a good question. I think that as long as Marvel has been very good with not getting in the way of the director for the most part. When I say that, you look at all the madness that went on with the Justice League film and all these, some of the other Warner properties, DC Warner properties, whatever. The studio kind of got in the way. They had requests because somebody said that, you know, the movie needs to have this or whatever. And it hit flat notes. And I don't necessarily think it was from the expectation of the viewer. But I think that there's a disconnect. I don't think that the executives at DC Warner are actually fans of comics. They are a, a commodity. Do you know what I'm saying? There's well, no. Yeah, they saw the success of Marvel and they're like, hey, we want some. Yeah, and they decided to create a shared universe, and ultimately, as we know it, it really didn't work out. Um, although, you know, we had a really successful Wonder Woman film, we had a successful Aquaman film, and Batman really was kind of left in tatters, and Superman didn't do so well either. Can we say for just a moment, people need to calm the fuck down over Robert Patterson being cast as Bruce Wayne Batman. Yeah, did you know that, Dino? I did see that, yes. Okay. People need to calm the fuck down. Because that that was the problem with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck Affleck was an excellent Bruce Wayne Batman. It was superb. Uh, you know, was he Christian Bale? No, but that wasn't the the film that they were telling. He was the right Batman, the right tone for what they were trying to do. He was great. And people were all entitled and bitchy. And, you know, the, I think that's what prompted the studio to get in the way of things. And now we're going to probably, hopefully we're not going to see it again, but I have a feeling that we're going to see that with, with the new Batman. And then, and that's that's a shame. That's a disservice to, to the character and the potential that I think, that movie could, uh, could do. Oh yeah. We need, so, to, we need to stop doing Batman and go move into Batman ninety nine, twenty ninety nine. <laughs> I would love to see that on screen. Now I have to Google that. But okay. See, I I think what's interesting is like, the the Justice League destruction of batman is is really quite complete you know in my opinion like christian bale the the trio that trio of movies stands as the clear you know middle stages like i i'm old enough to have gone to uh the premiere of the first batman movie in minneapolis You know, and so that was like it was a big thing. I had a, a buddy live there. And so, you know, we lived I lived through that Batman hype, the sort of power of Jack Nicholson on 
the worldwide stage like he was and all of the things that went along with it. And then the incredible failures that followed, you know, it was nipple gate or just fucking ridiculousness. <laughs> the fucking what Schwarzenegger did, that was just terrible. The, the, you know, all of the, the subsequent things, uh, just destroyed Batman. And then, you know, there's the standout trio, like I said, and then there's what they did to him after. And, and what they did to, to Batman after was terrible. And my only thought is that I I have so, so high, such high hopes for the Joker movie that it, it will. And I don't know if Batman's even going to be in it or, you know, actually portrayed he is in as it. a, as a kid. Yeah. But it's, there's some rumor that that the Joker actually creates Batman. Well, they're they're so tied together in so many different stories that you know I I wouldn't be surprised. But you know I I think the cool thing is is look I, Eric gave at one point Eric gave me an article I think it was a Vanity Fair article that talked about the business of these twenty years and how this <laughs> happened for the for Marvel and how it was all intentional. Even the second Thor movie it was there. There were they knew what the end was before they started the beginning, and I and I think that that creates such a sort of glue for everything that it's it's shockingly powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think I have an idea of what comes next because. I don't know anything about any of this sort of outside of talking about it on the podcast. Like I, you know, I don't read any of the the stuff that you guys read beforehand because I don't, you know, I don't want to know. There's just sort of, I want that emotional experience of absolutely tearing up when all of the female characters get in front of Captain Marvel when she's got the glove like that. Okay. That's fucking amazing. Or, the power of the the cyborg Thanos daughter, just sort of how cool she was, you know, it just, it's just great stuff. So yeah, I don't have any idea what's going to happen next. Hmm. Do you Eric? No. Okay. I don't. I mean, I know that eventually the fantastic four and the X-Men are coming back in the fold. You know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of stories they can weave with that crew since they haven't since they've been telling stories that those two crews have been a part of, have been just deeply embedded in all of these stories. Fantastic Four was a huge part of the Infinity story, but they couldn't use them. So they had to rewrite their own MCU story. So and I think X Men was too. I was never a big X Men fan, but X Men and even Deadpool were huge parts of this infinity saga but since disney didn't own them they couldn't use them they had to tell their own stories so now that disney owns them it'll be interesting to see how they tell these stories that we've all read or have read about in the future with the full gamut of well the almost full gamut of marvel characters I have a quick Deadpool question. So there's the the red suited guy, 
But doesn't Deadpool fight Wolverine in another movie? Mm-hmm. They like on top. <laughs> is it the one on top of the nuclear reactor? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. And was that Ryan Reynolds too? It was. Yes, it You're was. You're shitting me. No, well, I was no. just guessing based on his face. So, but he was very different, Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, very different, very different Deadpool. Oh uh, yeah, so I yes, booted, I distinctly but, remember that. But yeah. yeah, so. All right, you guys, thanks for doing this. Absolutely, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, Brad, what's your podcast again? <laughs> it's the <laughs> Alien Invasion. Uh, on uh, go to gncasts.com and you can find it there. There we go. All right, boys, we're done. They were going to make me a major for this. And I wasn't even in their fucking army anymore. Everybody wanted me to do it. Him most of all. I felt like he was up there, waiting for me to take the pain away. He just wanted to go out like a soldier, standing up, not like some poor, wasted, rag-ass renegade. Even the jungle wanted him dead. And that's who he really took his orders from anyway. Remember, it will be for us. We are beginning to be able, cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. We have to start thinking about tomorrow. I've heard that somewhere. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. And let there be no misunderstanding. Our objectives are clear. Well, I'd like to go in and rush and stuff a bit and drop the road. You think the Russians could dig your kind of music? They'll dig it. Save your energy. Lucky under! The big brusque and satellite is just a damn it like our nose! We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Why did you plug what we said on the radio? To encourage some interchange of ideas, of books, magazines, students, tourists, artists, radio programs, technical experts. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being. I want you and your boys to cease and desist from violating the American airwaves or I won't be responsible for the consequences. Further communications may not be possible. It's a sky. It's got a pirate radio station. What we intend to bring into existence by any means. Uhura, what's on the comm channels? Very active, sir. Multi-facing transmissions, overlapping. It's almost a gibberish. Welcome. 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 Simply adjust the frequency. The switch. Welcome to Radio Program. Beginning according to plan. We control the transmission. What are you doing on this frequency? Just remember 